Welcome to the Empower to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today in the show, uh, Becca McKay and Jesse Ferris join me again to walk through another never-before-seen clip of Dr. Karen Purvis. Um, we were able to release our first um, of this footage last week, and um, really, really enjoyed going through it with you, uh, with you guys. And so we wanted to release another one this week. We do feel like they go kind of hand in hand. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, uh, it would probably be great for you to go back and listen to that one first before jumping into this one. But um, great, great stuff from Dr. Karen Purvis. Um, again, this is a teaching video that we have um, that we have just never released before. And so felt like now is the right time. We'll have some more that we'll do um, again soon. But um, I hope that you enjoyed today us talking with uh, Becca McKay, Jesse Ferris about uh, this footage from Dr. Karen Purvis. So without any further ado, we'll jump into it now. Here we are. Well, we're back again uh, with Jesse Ferris and Becca McKay. And we figured, you know what? Um, we enjoyed last week sharing that new clip with you um, of kind of previously unreleased uh, Karen Purvis footage. So we thought, you know what? Let's give the people what they want. Let's get another clip out here um, for the world. And so uh, we're going to go through a second clip from Karen um, today. Uh, and it's just, it's all the things we said before. Powerful. Um, it, it's just sweet getting to hear Karen teaching. So without any further ado, let's listen to this clip first um, from Karen, and then we will uh, begin walking through um, talking, talking about it. We ask parents to do, as you're teaching your child, remember you can only take them as deeply in this journey as you've gone yourself. So by all means, by every mean, learn to stop, to breathe, to check your engine. Do you need to say to your child, I need a few minutes, I'll be right back. And go, come back. If we correct a child's behavior out of anger, learning cannot occur. Mm. And trust may be seriously breached. Stop, breathe, step back, Take a walk around the block if you need to. Your children know when you're mad. Don't be afraid they're gonna figure it out. They already knew it before you did, maybe. Okay. Demonstrate to your child. Self-awareness. Demonstrate to your child. Self-regulation. And then demonstrate to your child how you solved the problem, gave yourself a calming engagement, and came back to finish business. Golly. I mean, seriously, just could listen to her all day. And I, again, I need to hear that today, right? Like, I need to hear that. Um, guys, why don't, we, why, why don't we begin talking about this? There's so much to dissect here. Um, who wants to start? I think this reminded us right away of um, kind of this practice the pause that we recommend that parents do just a little phrase that helps us remember to slow down. Like Dr. Purvis is saying uh, to center ourselves, um, to assess circumstances and to respond thoughtfully. That's all involved in practicing the pause. Um, it's, it's truly, I love, I think the key word in what she shared was demonstrate. Um, when you think about what you desire for your kids in any moment, 
it would be what we're supposed to be modeling, right? If our kids are having a hard time, what do we want them to do? We want them to be self-aware. We want them to self-regulate, right? And we want them, we want them to be able to handle a situation. So I think, um, I think the key word in what she shared was demonstrate those things. And and that's where we go first. Mm -hmm. And I just love, again, she says it a couple of different ways, but we can't take our kids somewhere that we're not willing to go ourselves. (laughs) So just like you said, Jesse, like we want kids to be okay being disappointed. And when things don't go their way, well, then when things don't go our way, how do we respond? (laughs) What are we showing? Like, how are we showing up whenever we have to like compromise on something that we were really excited about? Like, I think as adults, we kind of give ourselves permission to like throw fits a little bit, but then if our kid is having to melt down, we're ready to correct and change it and and whatnot. And so I just love the idea of like taking them where we've been ourselves, taking ourselves through that process first. Um, And I think she gave, she gave us a great example of that. It's funny. It's like, you think being an adult means you're going to get to go to bed later and it is, (laughs) but like we give ourselves way too many extra adult privileges. Like you're saying like, Oh, we get to also just fly off the handle when someone hurts our feelings or, you know, throw our authority around as adults. And that's not the case. Well, and I think I've shared before on the podcast, one, one of the most helpful things for me is to keep in mind any like, cold scientific hard facts that I can keep in mind, um, whether that's to changing things in my personal life or um, within a parenting context or work or whatever. So just hearing her say that we know when, I'm paraphrasing, when uh, somebody's dysregulated, learning cannot occur, right? If I can just tattoo that on the insides of my eyelids so that every time I need a breath, I'll close my eyes, see that tattoo and be reminded, oh yeah. And then I'm changing gears straight out of, you know, getting mad mode back into like scientific, like, okay, well they can't learn right now. So now I got to get them back to a point where they can learn. Then we'll address that behavior. So I'm hitting pause on why did you do X, Y, or Z thing? Or why did you say X, Y, or Z thing? And then I'm, I'm returning to that child ready to help them regulate. But the same thing for us, like, like learning practical, like positive correction, most times can't happen for us when we're dysregulated as well. And so there, there is a, a duality or a, a dual purpose to us taking a moment and modeling for our kids. Hey, dad, you know what? I need a minute. Cause I'm super upset right now. And I'm finding myself like, uh, I, I need to take a breath for a second. So I'm going to go walk around and come right back. Uh, when I come back, you know, you'll be calm. I'll be calm. We'll talk again. Um, and sometimes that's enough time for a kid. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you come back ready to talk and they're like, oh, I'm still not ready. <laughs> and if so, then you are going to continue modeling what you've modeled before and ask, Hey, what do you need? You need some more time. You need something to drink, some water, you need something to eat. You know, then then you're going to begin re-engaging on regulation and co-regulation. Um, but without that, you know, you're just, it is, it is like trying to put out a fire with a flamethrower. Right. And it, it, it literally, there's nothing, uh, positive that comes from it. You know, you might can break through that fear barrier, um, to, to scare a child enough to where they will snap out of it and respond out of a, out of a, a 
a fear response um, that we, we know again from the science and just from our, um, our time, that, that doesn't work either, right? Like long-term, that doesn't prepare a child to be able to make their own decisions and navigate the world. Mm-hmm. I like that you said, if a person is dysregulated, learning's not happening. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times we're thinking if our kid is dysregulated, right. they can't learn and they do need to learn. They need to learn from us. Sure. You know, we're, we're teaching skills, we're building skills, but we have some things we need to learn in a difficult situation too. <laughs> right. And we yeah. can't learn them if we are dysregulated. So like, I'm not going to be able to understand what my child is upset about or understand what the need is behind the behavior of my child. that's not happening if I'm dysregulated. So a lot of times, you know, we can think that it's our kid, but it's really like we've got alarm signs happening in our brains. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if all you can hear is your kid saying, I'm a jerk, I'm a jerk, I'm a jerk, then that might be your alarm sign that you're dysregulated because they're probably not saying that, you know, it's like, what is really happening here? I know I've got, I've got to take a minute if I'm going to be able to attune to my kid and figure out what's going on. I can't remember the number, but y'all know, like when you have to build a new habit, what is it like 21 days or something like it takes 21 days to build a new habit or something like that. I was, you know, talking to Jesse earlier today, I'm trying to drink more water and it is like so hard for me to do it. (laughs) And it sounds so simple, like drink water, drink enough water. Like, right. I know that that is so important, that it is so needed, that I am probably dehydrated 90% of the time, but it's going to take me probably, I don't remember the number, but something like <laughs> three weeks to be able to do that. Yeah. So I think whenever we think about that tool, you mentioned Jesse practicing the pause, we're probably going to have to take aside maybe like three weeks and be like, okay, in every moment with a kid, with an adult, with a boss, with a coworker, with a friend, I want to practice the pause. Yeah. And you're going to have to start to like, Tell somebody, like tell tell a buddy, tell somebody like, hey, I'm going to try this and then check in with them how it's going. Like we know that as humans, accountability can be really helpful when we're trying to do new things. Let somebody that you trust know and then try it out. Be like, you know what? Today I tried walking away. That seemed like it made things way worse. Okay, today I tried (laughs) taking a sip of water. That seemed like it helped a little bit. Okay, today I tried, you know, just saying out loud, hey, kiddo, I need a second. Like, just letting someone else know and talking through, I know everybody learns differently. So if you're not a right. talker, maybe jot down in some journaling notes, maybe do some voice memos to yourself, just use whatever works for you. I you know from hearing this podcast and very much an external processor. So I'm always going to want to talk about it with people, but some of us are not like that. We're introverts and we're going to need to find different ways, but give yourself three weeks, give yourself a time frame that's reasonable for how long it takes to do something new and focus on it. You know, we give lots of tools and strategies. And one of the hardest things to do is to actually start using them without having to think about them. So build yourself in some kind of way to start practicing the pause. I'm going to say it one more time. Jesse mentioned it already, but you want to slow down. You want to center yourself. Again, that's very personal. What works for you? Assess the circumstances be able to say, I'm not okay right now. My response is going to escalate this and then respond thoughtfully. Take yourself out of the equation if you need, choose a different response if you need, tag in a a co-parent, a teammate, somebody if you need, finding those ways forward um, with that that little moment of pause. We're We're not expecting that people have got 
27 minutes to calm down. You know, right. we get it in your life. You may have a few seconds, right. but again, if you just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to practice this. I'm going to practice practicing the pause and do it time and time and time again, start to learn yourself start to learn your people that you're around all the time and see what works and what doesn't work. And along, along with that obviously comes the, the practicing of modeling. Like we, what, that's what we are doing, right. Is modeling for our kids, how to interact with ourselves and with them when we're dysregulated. And so I think about that repairing process as being uh, one of the (laughs) hardest and uh, most effective measures of teaching because, um, if you have truly taken the time to consider, to stop, to pause, to consider, you know, how could this have gone differently? Am I owning any part of this? Is there something I can point to a direct line of me instigating or provoking or escalating the situation? Um, If that's so, then you know what? The best teaching mechanism is to, in humility, once you're both regulated again, like to go back to that kid and say, hey, look, I need to apologize to you like, and to own your part of it and let that be an intro and something I will say that we have practiced in our house that uh, we try to teach them in terms of how to repair our kids is you own your segment of the whatever altercation or whatever confrontation or or situation just happened. Uh, You own your segment yourself and then you practice another pause before saying, and I did that because you, and they're like, <laughs> because what you want to do is like acknowledge to them, like there is a deep humility and a um, vulnerability required to just own how the part that you played in a um, right. situation. Sometimes when you reflect, unfortunately, you're going to realize, crap, I was the entire reason this thing got escalated. Like, and, and that happened because I'm under so much stress from work or groceries are twice the cost they normally are, or, you know, I had to buy eggs. And so we had to mortgage our house to do that. And so like, whatever, whatever it is, like <laughs> you might be carrying a whole lot of other stress in and that mm-hmm. stress is what escalated something up and so for kids to see consistently now they're not going to praise you acknowledge you for this right at the moment right they're not going to go dad that was so vulnerable thank you they're probably going to like fumble through a messy apology of blaming you and their apology and and you're going to yeah. get to get to kind of shepherd them through that um but that's that that is such a powerful powerful thing um because i can count on probably two hands the number of adults i know now who saw apologies and and repairing um, done well in their households growing up? I think uh, demonstrating, I I love the way that Dr. Purvis talks about uh, do some calming engagement on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this idea of like, sometimes we'll talk about it this way. Like we've got to ETC ourselves, right? Like how are we uh, doing what we're what we're doing for our kids, and sometimes that's offering ourselves self compassion and self care. Like uh, you guys have already touched on this. Sometimes it's stuff we're doing outside of the moment, ahead of time, proactively. Yeah. Um, but being able to being able to give ourselves calming engagement, mm-hmm. I think, truly demonstrates to our kids. It's part of teaching self-regulation mm-hmm. in or like, you know, when your kid is going through life with you, especially when you've got a young kiddo at home, that's kind of, you know, just following you around all day it, it, to narrate 
what you're feeling inside to narrate your own self-awareness can be a really powerful thing. Even, even if it doesn't include the kid, even if it's like, oh, that man cut me off in traffic. I feel really mad about that, you know, um, or, you know, what a kiddo, a kiddo making you mad and, and being able to say, I'm starting to get angry right now. So I'm going to go get a drink of water from the faucet. Will you come with me? And, you know, just being able to narrate what we're doing and why we're doing it, I think can be really powerful for our kids. They can then see what's going on inside our brains. Yeah. Um, and then just also being able to uh, take care of ourselves, you know, like, um, Knowing what we need to calm down, and we've talked about this in another episode as well, just like, what do you need if you're feeling upset? Mm -hmm. Do you need to tag team with somebody? Do you need to uh, take a break? You know, not all of us can take a break from our kiddo if we're in the middle of a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love what Becca said about um, practicing these things outside of the moment, like when the stakes aren't so high, yeah. that's what we would do with our kids, right? Yeah. So that's kind of ET seeing ourselves, yeah. right? So if you're if you're um, if you're going to practice the pause, I, maybe I need to try it in my conversations in my marriage first, or like with my coworkers, or it, you know, our kids aren't the only ones that tick us off. There are other conflicts we experience in right. life. Right. How can we be practicing this in maybe more low stakes situations, mm-hmm. um, and and just developing a, a habit of it, like you're saying, um, even developing a habit of taking care of, like looking at some problematic times mm-hmm. when we might be more apt to be set off. I don't know about y'all, but yeah. for me, it is first thing in the morning when like the tornado comes in for going to school and then the, the next time is when we're all, it's all starting to be time to get ready for bed. That's my other like Mm -hmm. kind of witching hour, so to speak. And um, I know for the first one, what it took was me rearranging my environment. So it was me waking up earlier and drinking my cup of coffee and taking care of myself to think my thoughts and wake my brain up. Yeah. And I'm much nicer to my kids. And you know what? They know it. Mm-hmm. So we talk about it. I'm yeah. like, mom, mommy, mommy slept in today and I didn't get my coffee time. Mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, I, I haven't had that time for my brain to wake up. So y'all be gentle with me this morning. We'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, thinking about, are there transitions that, that even for myself, I can ease into. Mm-hmm. So like, to have a kid like barge into the kitchen and start demanding things they need for the morning. Yeah. That doesn't feel great to me. So <laughs> really, what I have started trying to do, I mean, I don't know about y'all. Maybe you love that. Maybe it's your favorite. favorite time yeah. of day. <laughs> what I've started trying to do with one particular kid though, is go upstairs and about five minutes before they come downstairs, lay in bed with them and just connect like, Hey, how'd you sleep last night? Did you dream about anything good? Like, not talking about plans for the day, not talking yeah. about what we need to do. Yeah. And man, that car ride is so much better. Mm-hmm. And that, those are all things I did for myself, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we can set ourselves up for success. I'm still looking for bedtime, you know, evening when we're all, <laughs> when we're all run out of energy and patience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's well, be- <laughs> being an adult is hard. Like being, being a healthy adult (laughs) is hard and it sucks. Like it's not fun all the time. Right. So 
Uh, and I, if you follow any Enneagram, anything, um, or personality type indicators, or whatever, like my, my personality type, I am like living from fun moment to fun moment. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, deeper meaning in life can come from understanding, like if I do the hard work and the deep work, um, necessary to deal with my past and deal with my present and stuff that, um, is hard for me to deal with it makes life more joyful. It makes life more enjoyable. Um, it doesn't eliminate struggle or hardship. And so I think the thing that, um, has been sort of an epiphany in my, you know, in this last, I don't know, 10 years of life has been that when I do the hard work, um, the payoff is really sweet and I have a lot more patience, um, when I've done the work to be ready for a moment. Right. So like, you just talk about getting up early, like kind of my variation of that is like, I, I need, I, I've got a lot of energy in the morning. Um, and that <laughs> doesn't always, uh, go into the right places, uh, right. First thing in the morning, if I'm woken up by being jumped on by a kid or whatever, um, sometimes it's sweet and sometimes it's great. Most mornings I need to get up and I need to go move my body and get out of the house. Like, so I, a lot of times I'm up and I'm swimming or riding a bike or I'm running or um, working out or something so that I can have just a, a morning reminder of here's a moment where something was tough to do it. My body wanted to give up on something and I'm going to push through and just kind of remind myself implicitly that, you know, when those moments come up, I can make the harder choices. Uh, and then physically what that's doing too, is just like allowing me to get that energy like, you know, relegated to a healthy place and, and out. And then I'm, I'm back and I'm, you know, getting my first cup of coffee after having done that and going upstairs to wake kids up. And, um, and so, you know, for some people, that's going to be the worst way to start the day. For some, it's the best. Some people are hearing you, Jesse, and they're like, go lay in the bed so they can talk. They'll never get out of bed. They'll talk my ear off. Like, so don't go do that. Right. Like, so, uh, again, the self-examination part is, is what we're talking about. But, um, the, the whole point of me bringing that up, it, this is hard. Like yeah. being a human adult or, or a human in this world, um, who is fighting for healthiness is hard. And so what we've got to model as much as we can, um, in doing that work is letting our kids see the fruit of it and, uh, and letting them in on that sometimes. And I've talked to my kids about the reason for getting up early. I've talked to them, um, in repair about not having seen that much from adults growing up. And and some of that was generational and and cultural. And some of that was, um, was just, you know, my parents weren't there yet. Right. Like, and so if we're explaining to them, uh, failing and repairing and failing and repairing, um, in our own personal lives as well, the best possible case scenario for them is when they have big failures or big moments where they've got to apologize, it's normalized, right? There's not a stigma attached to it. It's hard enough as it is to be vulnerable. It's triple as hard if you've never seen it done before. And it feels like the scariest thing on earth. If you know you've got old people at home who are doing this with you and have shown you what that looks like, still scary, but it's, but it's a completely different situation than if you've not ever seen it before, right? I'll tell you this too. You know, we talk about how being an adult is hard. It is hard adulting. But whenever I talk about how being an adult is hard, you know what my kids say? Well, being a kid is hard too, mom. Yeah. And we forget, yeah. we forget how hard it was yeah. to have somebody in charge of almost every aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think we owe it to our kids to take care of ourselves the way JD's talking about, because our, our kids deserve that. They deserve a 
a kinder person at home showing them the way, right? Yeah. Because it's hard to be a kid too. Yeah. And so to to have an adult narrating what their inner life is like, what their emotions are doing and how they're caring for themselves in that moment can be really powerful for a kid. Every single thing you guys have been talking about and even what Dr. Purvis said in the in the video is just striking me as Man, it requires so much humility. Every single thing y'all have said, every single example, every single thing she said about demonstrating self-awareness, self-regulation, calming yourself, and then coming, she said, coming back to do business. Every single piece of that equation, every single strategy we've talked about takes humility. And I have just been sitting here thinking, man, we want kids to be really humble. We want them to be really teachable. We want them to like listen to us and make adjustments and we want them to like show that humility. But as adults, we have to be so humble. All the things you guys are saying, I'm like, Oh, we have to admit that we have limits. We have to admit that we make mistakes. We have to admit that we need help calming down. Sometimes we have to admit that we've flown off the handle when we shouldn't have. And so I think all of that together, I'm just reflecting on, Oh, we've got to be humble. We've got to be humble. And that's a little bit counterintuitive. Like as adults in a space with kids, I think we want to be confident and we want to be the expert and we want to be the authority. And I think again, Dr. Purvis is just highlighting a new facet of that, which is we have to show our authority by being humble. We have to show our wisdom, like you said, JD, by being humble Mm -hmm. so that our kids can grow up knowing it is okay to need a minute. It is okay to need to step away. It's okay to kind of fumble your way through life. Like we all are, we're all fumbling our way through. It's being true to what we experience. I I remember my mom telling me as I was growing up, your father never had a temper until we had kids. (laughs) What? But I mean, it, it, it parenting brings new facets 100%. out of us that we may not have been tested. Those limits may not have been tested yet, you <laughs> know? Yeah. And I think instead of trying to hide it with this veneer of like, nothing faces me. Right. Or, or like, I'm the expert and you've got to listen to everything I say, which yeah. we do hold the authority, but it's more like I'm doing my best follow me doing my best. And and here's how we're going to try it together. Um, It's tough. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking like, I, you know, I can relate to what your mom said. Like I, I, my wife does not have to deal with me flying off the handle and screaming at her. Right. Right. Or like losing it. And like, you know, like I, I talked about in last episode doing the, like the whip around, like wide eye, like, are you kidding me right now? Like, you know, maybe once or twice in our entire, you know, 17 years of marriage has that, has that happened. And so she <laughs> say similar things to our kids, like, like they'll say, well, do you have like that at you? And, and so the reason behind that is that we are in an adult mutually agreed upon relationship, right? Like <laughs> the kids were just brought in against their own will, you know, like they had no choice in the matter. Like they're here, right. In our situation, our, in our care. Um, I, I think one thing that is a, a helpful reminder. Cause again, we're talking about just like adulting is hard and all those kind of things. And you might be a person who like the adulting part of this, like a, like you, you might be the most responsible, disciplined, um, person on earth. Um, and you might be thinking like, guys, this is like, you just do what you're supposed to do. And then you're, you're fine. 
And what we're talking about hey, is dumb millennials. <laughs> Why are you whining so much? We're talking about uh, moving past that into all of us have areas of life that are impossibly hard for us to, to, to come to grips with or to deal with. Right. And, and, and for different people, it, it hits in different ways. Um, I think the thing that we want to just like plead with all of you to do is to find those places and to not back away from them. Right. To, to have the courage to ask for some help, to go um, therapeutically, like to, to explore this. If it's something that you don't feel comfortable talking to a friend or family member about, like go talk through it with the therapist, right? Begin to work through that yourself. And you'll see at that point, like kind of where we're talking about, right? Like, cause all of us have those, have those places, something that would be, um, and you might, if, if you're having trouble seeing this, I think one thing that would be a great exercise for you to do, um, to kind of give yourself that empathy towards your kids and remind yourself what they're going through, go try to do something you've never done before in your life. Like a, a physical activity, a sport, an activity, a club, a habit, a hobby, whatever. Um, this, I, this is maybe a month or two ago, um, our kids are having a sleepover and, uh, a kid was talking trash to me about, you know, beat me in NBA 2K on, on PlayStation. I thought this kid's 10 years old. I'm about to wax him. Now I played video games a lot when I was like, you know, their age, like, you know, 10 to 14, <laughs> like every now and then in college we play, you know, like football or, or golf, whatever on PlayStation. I mean, I have not played it very much at all. So we began to play. I'm not kidding. In the fourth quarter, my 10 year old took the remote and he was like, dad, please give it to me. You're losing by 70 points. This is embarrassing. <laughs> it, I'm not kidding. I had to walk in the room and calm down. Like I was so embarrassed at yeah. how badly I was getting beat in this stupid video game. And I kept yelling, this is not real basketball. This is not how it works. <laughs> you can't take those shots in a real game. And it, it really like, it, it I mean, I, it was something I had to really consider like, what, whoa, why was it so hard for me? Like, and that embarrassment in front of my kids or, or something that I felt like was such a trivial thing, um, was deep. And I had to do some work about that. Like why, why did that bother me so bad or embarrass me so much? Um, and so those are the kind of things we're talking about, like just being, being willing to, um, be empathetic, consider where your kids are. That statement from your kids, Jesse, like, well, being a kid is hard too. I probably, all of us have heard that as a parent. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's true. It is like they're learning how to do things for the very first time. And, uh, so are we, right. I love what, um, I think it was Jamie DeLuna, Dr. Jamie DeLuna from TCU said, like, I remind my kid all the time, like, Hey, it's my first time parenting a 12 year old. Like I, I'm going to make, make some mistakes too. And then with the 10 year old, Hey, it's my first time parenting you through your, through your 10 year old age. Like you're nothing like your sibling. Right. So like, I don't get to, I don't get the roadmap from them on like how things are going to go with you. It's my first time working through it together. Um, and that's a, that's a super helpful approach. I think to level that, to level that sort of adult kid playing ground for us as parents. I love that advice to pull out why things matter to us so much. I think we can be um, quick to move on after we've calmed down. Yeah. And that's something we can do afterwards. That is so important. I, there was an issue of the rolling up of a, of a school uniform skirt in my house last week. And it was, it was really short and it was really bothering me. And it was the kind of thing where like, it was a certain length when, when it left the house and when it came back, it was a lot shorter, you know, and like what was under the skirt was different when it, when the child arrived back at home. And I just was like, 
I really had to look into mm-hmm. myself, like, why does this bother me so bad? Mm-hmm. I, I do think I need to address this with this child, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do it well until I figure out why this bothers me and why I think this is wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, and I could have done like, you know, because it's against the school rules or whatever, right. I could have just done something really quick and easy, mm-hmm. but I had to push into what was it in me that mattered, you know, in order to have this conversation Mm -hmm. and and it changed the course of the conversation actually Mm. all. And so I, I I think that is a really hard thing for us to do. And sometimes we need some help doing it, like you said, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's worthwhile. Yeah. And again, just for those of you who are shaking your head at the, like is not, is not all of a sudden dropping this issue because we had something deeper attached to it. It is figuring out how do we appropriately address the issue and not bring our own baggage into it. Right. Um, Right. Because we've all. And I was able to explain to that kid why this mattered to me, which went way further than it's in the handbook, you know, Um, even if it's in the handbook talking about why that matters to me to follow that rule or, or whatever it is. I think sometimes if our kids can just understand why something matters to us, mm-hmm. even if they don't agree with us, they know that we're being reasonable in our minds. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's obviously for older kids. Your toddler doesn't really care why you're saying something, but, um, but yeah, that's as your kids get older, I think even revealing what's going on behind why you got upset about something yeah. can be beneficial for them to hear. Yeah, for sure. Guys, any, any last thoughts before we um, sh- shut it down here? We just spend so much time wanting our kids to learn to self-regulate. And I think it's really great to remember. Let's start with us. Let's just start with us. Yeah. So just a really great reminder from Dr. Purvis today. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thank y'all. Well, I would say again, uh, a huge thank you to the late, great Dr. Karen Purvis. Um, A huge thank you to Becca McKay and to Jesse Ferris for um, walking with us through that, um, through that clip and just kind of taking a um, deeper stab at the material. And so, um, and we are, we're really, really grateful um, for Dr. Purvis. Every time we encounter her content, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, Coming up this uh, spring, the rest of the spring, we've got lots of great content for you. Um, Some new guests that have never before been on the ACC podcast before. Um, New content. We're going to get you ready for um, summer parenting. We're also going to walk through our nine connecting practices from Cultivate Connection, which is our um, parenting curriculum. Um, We're going to do so with some of our facilitators who are out kind of in the world doing this, um, parenting this way, and uh, seeing day in, day out communities um, that are changing and that are becoming more connected, uh, more attachment centered parenting centers. And so, um, we're really excited for that stuff. Really excited for you guys to get to hear it. We've been working super hard behind the scenes, um, on it. And so, uh, with that, that's all we've got for today. So, uh, for Mo and Tana Ottinger, for Becca McKay, for Jesse Ferris, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast. I'm JD Wilson, and we will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.